Welcome to the NRL.com preview podcast, round 25. The last round of the season is here. We're here to talk through all eight games. My name is Chris Kennedy. I'm joined, as always, by NRL.com crack reporter Alicia Newton. Alicia, thank you for being here. Good to be here once again. Final week coming up. Marty Lenahan is back. Marty, thank you for dialing in. Hi, guys. Let's talk some uh, some footy. There's uh, we uh, we know a lot about how the top eight's going to look. There's still a few spots up for grabs and uh, a few interesting clashes uh, ahead. It starts on Thursday night. One of the uh, the really important clashes for the uh, context of the ladder. The uh, Canberra Raiders fighting for a spot in the top eight. They can push themselves at least temporarily into the top eight. They're then left waiting on the Sharks. Uh, the Roosters, meanwhile, are uh, potentially fighting for a top four spot that can then be taken out of their hands, depending on how um, the Eels and Sea Eagles go later in the weekend. Let's talk about Canberra first. Um, Alicia, Sia Soliola back into the uh, team starting at lock, uh, potentially the final game of his career if they don't make the top eight. We um, haven't had it confirmed, but we think Sia is probably uh, hanging up the boots at season's end. Uh, it's been a, a wonderful ambassador for rugby league over a, a long career. Yeah, sure has. I wasn't aware of that news. I was kind of hoping, I think mid-season, he said he might have been wanting to go around again. So um, yeah, we'll wait and see. But obviously, if he's being recalled into the side this week in potentially their last game, then uh, you know perhaps it might be a bit of a send-off game for him. But um, yeah, I mean the Raiders they they got out of jail last week, really, didn't they? Against the Warriors, they um, sort of kept the season alive. But it, it's now or never for them. If, if they have a win, then they've got to let results go their way. But I like the fact that we'll get into it in the next game as well. But sort of the, the start of this weekend sort of sets it up, doesn't it? We will either know where all the teams stand, you know, pretty much by Saturday. So, um, yeah, the Raiders, they just need to back up what they did last week, um, get off to a bit better start and then just go from there. But they've got the team to do it. I like Chance back at fullback. Obviously, it's come through Bailey Simonson injuring his, uh, his groin, but um, Jordan Rapana, they won't lose much with him going on the wing. So, yeah, it's uh, now and ever for the Raiders. Yeah, I was on the Ricky Stewart Zoom uh, just earlier today, actually, and he certainly uh, would not confirm whether or not uh, Soliola was hanging them up. But I think, uh, you know, with no deal necessarily on the table, it, it looks like that's the way they're, they're going to go. But certainly a nice touch getting him back into the team. Um, the Roosters, Marty, all the uh, headlines since their last game have been around the uh, Latrell Mitchell-Joey Manu incident. But uh, in terms of this game, um, Angus Crichton, Jared Rhea Hargreaves back into the side is a big boost. But Joey Manu out of the back line is a, a huge loss, even though... Um, Josh Morris makes it a very timely return. Manu's just been in sensational form. He has been in great form. I think it is nice for the Roosters, though, to have three big ins and only one out. Uh, quite often this year, it's been the other way around for them. So a lot of positives, I think, with Josh Morris announcing his retirement this week and now uh, coming back into the side as a, you know, it'd be nice to see him go out. Uh, whether they can win him a premiership or not, I guess most people think probably not, but uh, it'd be nice to see him get into the finals and, play well and certainly uh, Jared will be back and refreshed and uh, fired up after he's, uh, after what he saw last week and he was, he was a bit angry about what was going on out there. So I'm sure he'd rather be out in the middle and helping his teammates. So uh, look, it shapes as a, a cracking game for so many reasons and, and obviously uh, particularly for, for Canberra, but I think the Roosters will, uh, will feel pretty confident just with those guys they've got back. 
there's been some cracking contests between these two teams over the last little while. I was at the game at the, um, it was at the SCG the week after Josh Hodgson uh, did his ACL and was out for the season. Uh, was that last year? And everyone thought the Raiders were going to get steamrolled on the upset. Um, the Roosters, there's been some uh, some pretty big clashes between these two. How do you see this one panning out? Who you reckon is going to win? I'm going to go with uh, Canberra. I just think we're there. Their chance here to, to get into the eight. And then, as we said, obviously, see what, what Cronulla do. But uh, I think they're on a nice little bit of roll. I do like Chan's back at fullback. I think they'll be stronger with him there. I think they can they can get the job done. Alicia? Well, can I just quickly say, I 55 minutes into that game, someone who was covering it last week, I was cruising. I had the match report all done, you know, <laughs> all, those, all this. And then this Latrell Mitchell stuff hit. Joey Manu gone for the year and it just completely blew up. I think it kind of got lost the fact that they did concede 50, you know, last week um, and it wasn't great defensive effort by the Roosters, but I'm expecting them to bounce back. Um, they've got the guys back in. Um, I think Angus Crichton obviously is a key as well on the edge there and I'm expecting a bit of a bounce back. Um, and I just think Canberra, as I said, they got out of jail last week and probably um, got a bit lucky there. So it's the Roosters for me. Yeah, I really wasn't sure who to tip, but I've, uh, I've ended up going with the Roosters just based on, yeah, Hargreaves and Crichton back into the pack and uh, Morris papering over the cracks a little bit with all the backline outs, but it uh, should be a cracking contest. Um, Sharks and the Storm, Marty, another one, uh, important clash. The Sharks can guarantee themselves a top eight spot regardless of what the Titans and Raiders do if they beat the Storm. The Storm named a, a very, well, not very compared to a couple of other teams, but certainly there's some big outs in terms of uh, the restings here. Sharks have named, obviously, the best team they can possibly name what are you looking for in this one oh massive chance for Cronulla it's interesting these teams resting I'm actually writing a column for Friday about the uh, I guess the, the the benefits or not of uh, leaving players playing your full strength side I think uh, look Melbourne it worked last year they left players out in the final round last year they, even though they lost to the Dragons I think it obviously freshened players up and we all know what they did in the in the final so a bit of a tried and trusted method for them to the league guys out like Munster, Kafusi. Uh, there's a few big names resting. So, look, it opens up for Cronulla. They get a, a slightly uh, weakened Melbourne team. They get a, a Melbourne side that I guess we were stunned to see lose last week. So, you won't get a better opportunity. For every side says they want to control their own destiny at this time of year, and that's what Cronulla have got. That um, Storm side, they uh, they rested, a, I think, both starting back rowers near months, like you said, is out. They do get Dalfinukin back after a couple of weeks out with a head knock. Nelson Asper Solomona makes his comeback. I think he's about with a hammy strain. So despite all the big outs, there's a couple of big ins uh, as well. Alicia, how do you see this one painting out? It was interesting to hear like a lot of people sort of talk about Melbourne's um, last 15 minutes, you know, last week against Para. They, they just seemed out on their feet. You know, they, they looked visibly tired, which is something we haven't seen from from Melbourne all year. Um, I was intrigued to sort of see the players that Craig Bellamy's left in, obviously guys like Ryan Pappenhausen hasn't, hasn't played a lot this year. Um, Harry Grant and Brandon Smith combination. I think we saw Brandon Smith go back to lock um, last week and Harry start, which I don't think worked. So mm. I feel like the guys that are still playing um, this week have still got a little bit to their own games to sort of add leading to the finals. And obviously like someone like Nelson Solomona back, he needs two minutes under his belt in the same with Dale Finucane. So look, it's still a pretty handy team on paper. They'll definitely challenge Cronulla, but I give the Sharks every chance. Um, I've stuck with Melbourne just purely on a, on a safe bet, but um. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Cronulla got the win. 
What do you make of the, the Storm team, Marty? I think all three of us had absolutely no hesitation in tipping Melbourne to beat the Eels uh, last week. I don't think any of us saw that sort of game coming. What are you expecting um, in terms of a, a bounce back given the outs and who are you tipping? Yeah, look, I think Melbourne certainly will want to hit back. It was a strange performance. I think maybe the they don't talk about the 20 win before the, the 20th win. They didn't sort of bring it up too much, but it might have played on their mind. I also think perhaps their, what we all see is their greatest strength with all these players is becoming a bit of a, a weakness, perhaps trying to shuffle around the two fullbacks and the two hookers. And perhaps that's just all getting a little bit uh, hard to work out for them, a bit of shuffling around. So, but I do expect them to hit back hard. Having said that, I, I will tip Cronulla. I just think, as I said, with their destiny there for them to, to take that eight spot, um, they've got their best side on the paddock they can possibly have at the moment. Matt Moylan back in to start. So I think they can get the job done and get themselves into the finals. I have uh, tipped the storm, but a upset wouldn't surprise me. Third game of the round, the uh, the Battle of the West proverbially, although it won't be in Sydney's West, obviously this weekend, the Eels up against the Panthers. Uh, Alicia Penrith with a um, potentially a minor, ship, minor premiership to play for. I'm not sure how important that is to them, but they've named uh, basically a full-strength team up against a Parramatta side who have named a very, very, very reserve-grade looking lineup. A couple of debutants, a couple of fringe players, Will Smith as captain, or, you know, Guffo, Mitch Moses, um, Isaiah Papali'i all out, Ryan Madison still suspended, Junior Paulo uh, suspended. There's outs all over the shop. Um, I guess we're probably all expecting a resounding Panthers win just to get the strength of the two teams. But what do you make of all this, um, particularly the Eels' restings? Well, it sort of reminded me of a trial game, you know, in February where you put your B-side out in the second half and, you know, just, just let it play out. But look, um, like when you think about it, Parramatta have been, um, I guess, using their top players all year. They haven't really had a chance to, to rest a lot of them and a lot of them have played some big minutes. Whereas Penrith, like if you go through that one to 17, um, a lot of those guys have, have been forced off the field with injuries and, and are pretty fresh, like considering... I guess um, how many players have been in and out. You look at the halves, Jerome Law and Nathan Cleary have obviously had their injury runs. Um, Dylan Edwards is another one that's spent some time away from the field. So James Fisher-Harris, first rest in a couple of years. Um, he had a few, he had at least a month off um, a couple of weeks ago. So look, um, I think it's it's set up pretty nice, obviously, for a Penrith win, just given who's out there on the field. But I think it was pretty important that Penrith did field their best team this week, just because they they were a little bit clunky last week. And, um, you know, it's, it's not a case that any of them would be necessarily heaps tired, just given a lot of them haven't really played together and played consistent footy lately. What are your thoughts on it, Marty? There's sort of there's two sort of pretty distinct schools of thoughts on this Eels mass restings. The first is that they had that horror month and got absolutely destroyed by Roosters and, and Manly and South. They finally found this really good performance against Melbourne and now they're sort of losing that momentum by resting all their good players and almost certainly going to lose this weekend. I guess the opposing school of thought is um, they've got a, a pretty regular habit of making the finals in, in decent shape and then just running out of puff and, and doing really badly and sort of going out of the finals in straight sets or having a, a really bad second week of the uh, the finals with the players looking pretty tired. Do you sort of see either side of that argument holding more weight? Uh, I'm in the first camp, CK. I, I can't quite believe the uh, the mass resting. I think they, having got back on track last week and played so well, you know, Mitch Moses had that back injury. He came back. It's only a few weeks ago everyone was putting a line through them. Brad Arthur looked like he was out of ideas. Then they managed to get back on track against the Cowboys and then produced one of the best performances of the year. I just think you're taking a massive chance of losing that momentum. It's another finals you know, contender as well. So they may play again. 
a little bit further down the track. I just think at the very least, I would have had Moses and Dylan Brown playing. I think Gutho is obviously carrying a bit of an injury and I think it's fair enough that he's played every game. So fair enough, he gets a break. But I, geez, I really think it could uh, could backfire on them. No, everybody thinks they'll lose this game. They probably will, but it's, it's how it sort of goes forward then having lost that momentum they built up last week. I guess it's a bit of a gamble. They, um, you know, let's assume they do lose this one. They're kind of um, potentially coming up against a, a Newcastle or a Cronulla or a Canberra in week one of the finals. They'd probably hope it's not Canberra, given the way the last game between those two panned out. But um, Newcastle or, or Cronulla, they probably back themselves to beat and, and rekindle their um, their mojo in that one before getting into the uh, the sudden death stuff against the top four teams. Um, finishing off with the uh, tips, Marty. That uh, sounds like a, a tip for Penrith. Yeah, definitely the Panthers. Alicia. Yep, I'm the same. And just on that, like, yeah, I do wonder the thought process behind it, whether they have just resigned to the fact that they probably won't make the top four, you know, regardless um, of possibly the other results going their way, whether they just made the call early and I guess are preparing, as you said, to play one of those lower teams. To make the top four, they would need Manly to lose to the uh, Cowboys. They wouldn't have known what team Manly was picking when they named theirs, but obviously Manly's named to... you know, pretty much a full-strength team. We'll get to them in a minute, but you'd think they're going to beat the Cowboys, so top four not necessarily on offer. Although it would have been interesting if they'd come fourth and got Melbourne in the uh, the first week of the finals. Um, could have gone straight to a prelim if they'd made it three from three over the Storm um, this year. But anyway, uh, three tips uh, from the panel for the Panthers. Saturday footy kicks off with the Broncos up against the uh, Knights. Alicia, Broncos turned a little bit of a corner through the latter part of the season, had some uh, better performances. Newcastle, uh, a couple of restings with that uh, number seven spot absolutely uh, locked in. They can't go any higher or lower than seventh. Uh, Jaden Braley, Mitch Barnett are sitting out this weekend, although uh, Kalen Ponga is um, still playing. I thought he might have been a, a candidate, but I guess they uh, potentially to keep brushing up on their uh, attacking structures as well. Yeah, absolutely. And as I mentioned before with Penrith, um, you know, Ponga and Mitchell Pearce haven't played a hell of a lot this year together and they're pretty fresh coming into the finals as opposed to last year where they pretty much played every game. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised to see them out there despite the game sort of being a bit of a rubber for them this week. Um, you know, the Knights attack didn't really improve, probably showed a couple of, you know, good signs against the Titans, but I guess the points never really flowed again. Um, so it's a bit of a concern, but, you know, a dry track at Suncorp Stadium um, on Saturday, you sort of expect a few more points to be scored. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. But yeah, they're, they're obviously pretty well placed at the moment. Um, you know, their forward pack hasn't really been an issue this year, and I think that's why we've seen a few guys rested this week. Um, they've had a got a fair bit of depth. Some of their young kids that have come through are, are playing pretty well. So, um, yeah, look, I, I do think the Broncos have turned a bit of a corner as well. And, um, you know, we see the emotion that will come out in, in that game, you know, with, with uh, Alex Glenn obviously retiring and Anthony Milford moving on. He was, he was awesome last week, so... We has been in the past couple of weeks. So it's, um yeah, Broncos have got plenty to play for and this is a bit of a danger game for Newcastle. Um, albeit, obviously, it won't really affect too much in what they do for the finals. Your thoughts on that one, Marty? The last game uh, in the story career of Alex Glenn, who's now one of the Broncos' most capped players, and Anthony Milford obviously moving on to uh, the Rabbitohs next year. I think the Rabbitohs probably would have liked what they've seen from Milford over the past couple of weeks. Absolutely, yeah. Look, he's, uh, he's really pick things up. I think he's uh, enjoying playing alongside Albert Kelly and it's incredible when you think about the career of Anthony Milford, I guess, uh, you know, five minutes difference in that uh, grand final against the Cowboys and he could have had a very different, uh, you know, story there at Brisbane. So he's been much talked about in his whole time up there and uh, 
and Alex Glenn's just been a super player for them. So I think this is a really dangerous game for the Knights. Obviously, they, they're going to finish seventh no matter what, but clearly you want to be winning your last game if you can. I think they've got to find some points. That's the the biggest issue for them, get this attack sorted out, uh, where they want, which side they want Ponga to be on, how he combines with Bradman Best. They're going to have to find... Although finals are always tighter games, they're definitely going to find, need to find some more points in the next few weeks. How do you see this one panning out? I actually think Brisbane might uh, might be a chance of an upset here, just playing at home. Uh, you know, I just think they, they have found a little bit of form. They're very unpredictable. Payne Haas is in sensational form. He'll lead the way up front. So I think they might get away with it. Alicia? Well, these two teams only played like a month ago and Brisbane really pushed Newcastle until probably the second half. Um, Mitchell Pearce sort of come out of his shell a bit and uh, got the side to a win. So I'm going to go with the Knights purely just because I think, you know, it's now and ever for them to click. And with the guys on the field that they've got, I still think there's points there, but they, yeah, they just need to find it. Yeah, I really wasn't sure who to tip in this one, but I ended up leaning towards the uh, the Broncos. Uh, Cowboys and the Seagulls is the second game of uh, Super Saturday. Alicia, um, Manly can, like we said before, guarantee themselves a top four finish with a, a win here, which many will expect them to do. It's a pretty remarkable achievement uh, given where they were and that the hole they were in at the start of the season. Uh, Cowboys, um, really nice second half uh, last week, although it's um, a rare bright spot in what's been a pretty disappointing season for them. Yeah, they just come out firing, didn't they? Down by 10 or 12 points. And um, what was it, like three or four tries in, in 15 minutes? Um, I liked Hemiso back. You know, he, he is pretty much just pushing for that fullback spot next year. Um, he's made a great return since, since his appendix surgery. So, look, it was just nice to see Tommy Deere get a, get a win as well. We've been talking about it for the last couple of months. Um, you know, it was just, I, I can't see him winning this week, but I, I'm glad that they got a win on the board before their season ended. Manly, yeah, everything to play for. Um, you can tell, you know, Des obviously wants that top four spot. He's named a near full strength side. Uh, a couple of guys back, Paseca is a big in, I think, for Manly. And Sean Kepi as well. Those two guys can get some match fitness under their belts before the finals. So, yeah, look, plenty to play for for Manly. And I think the Cowboys um, are going to be in for a tough one. What did you make of that Cowboys performance last week? Marty, uh, I imagine fans and even potentially the coach might be wondering um, where that's been all year. Admittedly, the uh, the Dragons probably made things a little bit easy for them as well, but is it potentially a, fact of, a factor that just, you know, the season's almost over and it was like, you know, what the hell, let's just throw the ball around and see what happens? Yeah, they certainly looked like they uh, went out to have a bit of fun in the second half and uh, they were probably a bit shocked at halftime to find themselves down to that very um, inexperienced dragon side. I mean, they've got three young guys there, the dragons that everybody's, you know, looking to for the future. But uh, it was certainly a very impressive second half by the Cowboys. I think obviously the they go up about five levels this week. Yeah, you've got these manly guys, incredible try scoring. They're three guys all over 20 tries and... Ruben Garrick just scoring an unbelievable amount of points. So you'd have to imagine, you know, far too much uh, potency there from Manly for the Cowboys. But, yeah, they'll just go out and they'll really, I think the Cowboys will just throw it around. They should, uh, you know, they should be looking to score a heap of points again and see if they can they can finish off with back-to-back wins. Looking at this Manly team, it's pretty incredible. You think back to the the start of the year or the end of last year, they had a pretty steady back row combination between Joel Thompson and, and Curtis Siren. And uh, Joel Thompson departs. They pick up the veteran uh, Andrew Davy from the Eels. He uh, starts round one. Curtis Siren out injured. They lose Davy for the season. Siren and uh, hardly seen until the end of the year. They have to shoehorn a, a young five eighth into one side, and then a few weeks later, a, a raw bone Tomali Olakowatu comes up from reserve grade and, and takes his chance. You look at the end 
end of the year and they've probably got one of the form back rows in the competition and, and Curtis Sirenin can't even get back in the side. Unbelievable, really, what um, what Desi's done, the mastermind, Des Hasler. It's been an incredible season, really, for Manly. I think when, uh, you know, when Turbo was out and they were struggling early, it was hard to imagine that they could find the sort of form that they have and have all these guys just, you know, prolific try scorers out wide, forwards doing a sensational job with, you know, Marty Tapao and Josh Alloway and those sort of blokes. So they certainly go into the finals, I think, on a, on certainly very confident. And uh, they're one of the teams, I think, that can really upset. You know, Penrith and Melbourne still the standouts, but Manly can certainly uh, do some damage, I think. Mm. Dylan Walker's another guy I've been sort of not – critical but um i haven't really liked his um his performances at, at fullback and he's sort of struggled to really stamp himself at 5-8 i sort of thought he was an out and out center but he's found a new lease on life in this bench lock role a little bit like sort of your connor watson tyrone peachy sort of role he's just coming on and running a mark and he's had games where he's had to make sort of 30 odd tackles but the impact that he's brought through the middle is that sort of extra ball player alongside turbo dc and four and it's been quite remarkable the impact he's been able to have He's been great the last month. He's certainly getting in there, getting his hands on the ball a lot. Like, he's not afraid to to take on the line and have a run. He's pretty strong, and I think he's just very comfortable there. They just look like they've got a side that everybody knows exactly what their role is. They've got a very stable team, and uh, they'll certainly be winning this week and uh, you know, heading into the finals with plenty of confidence. Alicia, are you that confident that Manly's uh, headed for the top four? Yep, I think lock them in. Yeah, mainly to win uh, for me as well. The final game of Super Saturday, the Bunnies up against the Dragons. Alicia, South Sydney with a, uh, much like the Eels, a very, very, very uh, understrength looking side. All their big guns, you know, Cam Murray, Damian Cook, Adam Reynolds, Cody Walker, um, all these guys resting. Uh, Latrell obviously suspended as well. Blake Taft takes over, probably his fullback for the uh, the rest of the year. We've got, you know, Mamazellas and Ilias and these young kids uh, in the spine. Um, up against the Dragons team, uh, like we just touched on with a, a few young players in key positions of their own. Yeah, I would have loved to have heard Wayne Bennett in his team meeting, you know, basically like that meme that you see online where it's like, you get a game, you get a game, you get a game. <laughs> um, he, he would have just basically opened it up for all the guys that are in that squad that have probably been up in Queensland and just, you know, training their butt off each week that aren't going to go in the South Sydney lineup. Um, yeah, look, it's a fascinating team. I think Wayne Bennett sort of come out and defended the fact that he is resting guys, you know, they're, they're all guys that have had pretty big years of rep footy and um, and obviously the last couple of months, it's been pretty, pretty big, um, some of the clashes. Um, so, yeah, it's an intriguing game. I, I found this the hardest game to tip, just given how many South players have got out. And, and the Dragons let me down last week in tipping. Um, you know, and they're, they're just all over the place at the moment. I, I can't work it out. You know, I guess just how, well, we do know how it all went wrong for them. But um, I was expecting them to win at least a couple of games before the season was out. So, yeah, it's uh, in, in, a, in a positive, you know, they, they're guys, that, the young kids that have come through for the Dragons will learn from this experience um, this year and hopefully hold them in good stead. But, um, yeah, I think they want their season over, to be honest. Marty, this uh, Sydney team, I assume, a little bit rattled by the uh, the season-ending suspension to uh, Latrell Mitchell, although he obviously, you would imagine, would have been rested this week. Anyway, um, the the team they've named, we were just talking about Parramatta and their decision to rest a bunch of players and um, whether or not it's a smart decision. I'd, I'd have to say 
like in my opinion, this is probably a pretty safe call from Wayne Bennett. They've you know beat the Roosters by 50 points last week. They um, they can't finish first. They'd have to make up almost 200 points of differential on Melbourne, so that's gone. They're going to finish second or third, and whoever they play will be determined by games uh, that aren't this game. So um, not really much to gain other than injuries for for Wayne Bennett and playing all these top players. So uh, I guess you can make a pretty strong case for the rest of them all in this one. Yeah, look, I think there's vastly different to Parramatta in that, as we said, Parramatta struggled, finally got a little bit of form back and you're risking losing that momentum, whereas South, their attack is just so mechanical and so perfect the way it works down that left side. Those guys can have a rest. They'll come straight back in. Obviously, Luttrell is the huge, that's the X factor. How they go without him remains to be seen. But I think, uh, look, as South Sydney have said themselves this week, it's the a good opportunity, as Alicia mentioned, all these guys have been up there for seven weeks training with the team. No New South Wales Cup, you know, second sort of tier for them to play this year. So it's a reward as much as anything for a bunch of guys to, to get a game. And then if they do, if they're needed in the finals, they will have had at least a run under their belt in this last game. So I think the logic is pretty sound. And um, unfortunately for long-suffering Dragons fans. I think uh, South Sydney will still win, even, even with that side. I think their, their culture's good. I think there's a lot of reason, pretty good players they've bought into that side. So I just think they'll still be too good. The Dragons clocked off uh, quite a few weeks ago. Alicia, is that how you see it? Yeah, I actually ended up going south. I think Zach Lomax out, um, breaking his thumb again. Um, I think it's in a different joint part to to when it did a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, but that's a big loss to the Dragons, and um, yeah, I expect South to uh, to win. Yeah, I've, I've leaned towards South as well, even uh, with all the, the players out in this one. Uh, Sunday footy kicks off with the Titans up against the uh, Warriors. Alicia, Titans, as we sit here now, still technically a chance of making the top eight, but they'd have to have a pretty strong win and also hope other results uh, go their way. It's a little bit of a disappointing finish for them if it is the end because, um, you know, you look at the some of the performance they had at the start of the year and some of the players in that roster, they probably should have done a little bit better. Yeah, I expected much better from them last week against Newcastle. I thought they would have won. Um, their attack just didn't click, didn't didn't show, I guess, the, the same signs as the week earlier against Melbourne. And, um, yeah, it has been pretty underwhelming considering, you know, we looked at them on paper at the start of the year and, and thought, you know what, they're, they're probably going to reach the finals and, and do pretty well. But when, when unfortunately, you allow other teams to sort of dictate your own terms, the, the chances are you're not going to make the finals. So, um Look, they've got a week now to, to sort of get the win and, and I guess ponder what, what could have been. Um, but, you know, you look at their lineup and you think that they should have had a much better year than I guess where they are now on the ladder. How do you see this one panning out, Marty? The Warriors, as we've touched on a, a few times, had shocking luck with uh, with injuries, but they, uh, you know, their heads haven't dropped. They still put in some good performances towards the uh, the back end of the year, and plenty to be proud of for them. Yeah, we're well, taking a look back at some early uh, predictions from from this year. I had these these two sides in my eight, so uh, here we go. As they uh, square off in round twenty five, <laughs> I think I had them seventh and eighth. So. Uh, Look, I think the Titans, what happened last week just really sums up that they've had a lot of close games. They really should have won that game. They had it under complete control, uh, even the way they came down and pretty much botched their uh, attempt at a field goal before Mitchell Pierce just does what he does best. And so, you know, there's just been too many missed opportunities for them. They'll rue three or four or five games that they could have been right in. Warriors just keep on having a crack, don't they? Regardless of who they put on the field, Matt Lodge was successful at judiciary so he'll play which is big for them he's certainly a, a huge part of what they do in the forwards so interesting one I mean it's all about pride for, for both of these sides I guess in, a, in the 
the last game of the year. And I actually think the Warriors might be able to sign off with a win. They've had a really tough year, but they certainly, uh, they always play with plenty of plenty of pride in the jersey. One tip for the Warriors, Alicia, who are you going for? I've gone the Titans, but I was pretty interested. I think it might have been Phil Gould spoke the other night on, on television about the fact that a team like the Warriors who have dropped like seven games this year by six points or less could, you know, basically play in better footy, he suggested, than a team like Newcastle would sort of scrape their way through and have, you know, the second worst attack in the comp. But it just goes to show that, you know, winning those tight games, the big big name players sort of step up and I guess defensively you need to be a bit better when the, the game's on the line and I think that's the difference between the two sides and I think the Warriors will get a lot out of this year. They've obviously had heaps of distractions um, but I can't see them winning this weekend against the Titans. Yeah, it's another one that I um, undernight about, but I've uh, gone for the uh, Warriors to finish the season on a high. Final game uh, of the round on Sunday afternoon is the uh, Tigers up against the Bulldogs, Marty. Um, probably two teams that are looking forward to a little bit of a rest and an off-season and just, you know, clearing the slate and coming back next year. Absolutely. Look, I think... Uh... I think for the Tigers, they can't even finish ninth, which is where we uh, got very used to seeing them finish. So even that won't be happening this year. They, geez, just a very disappointing season when you look at their lineup. And I think people expect obviously so much more of them than what we have of the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs just, they look even last week, they had a real crack against Manly. They were right in that game. And, you know, as Trent Barrett has been at pains to point out after pretty much every game, he feels like they get the, the dud, you know, penalties and six agains and all sorts of things going against them. And that's the way it feels when you're at the bottom of the ladder. So again, it's all about pride, both these games on Sunday, just teams that uh, you obviously would like to finish the season with a win and whatever a mad Monday looks like in uh, the world of COVID, uh, they'll certainly be looking to it. Alicia, uh, can you, what are you expecting from this one? Like I said, it's uh, probably, you know, just last chance to, to grab a little bit of positivity out of the season for two teams that have uh, had a, a really tough 2021. Yeah, I mean, for the Bulldogs, you know, you got 12 guys leaving at the end of the year. Um, so one of them is Will Hoppawati, who's obviously been around for a long time at that club. So they've got plenty of motivation to sort of both sides to finish on the right note. Um but, you know, I, I think we'll see a lot of ad-lib footy. Uh, why not? You know, you got nothing to lose apart from another game. So, um, look, it's it's been a disappointing year, I think, more so, I guess, for both clubs. But the, the Tigers, we – I don't know whether we sort of – they are where they are. Like, as in, did we expect too much of them this year? Like, looking at them on paper at the start of the year, you always sort of thought they might be up against it. I feel like they're where they should be and – um, you know, Canterbury, obviously, we, we know their woes this year and the only way is up for them next season. So, look, I'm expecting, I just want the 80 minutes to go fast for them just so they can, you know, go and have a break and, as mentioned, come back and, I guess, uh, reset. We'll agree that the uh, the Bulldogs had a, a proper crack against Manly last week. Obviously, the second half didn't really go to plan for them. But I thought they did pretty well to be uh, up 12-10 uh, at halftime. They, they're under strength even for, for what their current roster is uh, in this game. A few guys definitely missing. Um, Alicia, finish us off with a tip. I've uh, gone with the Tigers. I think they should get the win comfortably. Marty? Yeah, I think, uh, Alicia, you, I think you finish where you deserve to finish. And uh, that's a bit of the tale with the Tigers, I think. I, I reckon most of us would have thought, I joked about ninth, but I reckon that's about where we probably saw them at the start of the year. And they're going to be a little bit lower than that, but uh, they will get away with a win this week, I think. 
Yeah, I'm not going to say I got all my predictions right at the start of the year, but I had the Tigers roughly 10th to, to 14th. And um, yeah, I think they're probably about where they uh, where they deserve to be. Anyway, that is all eight games from round 25 of the Telstra Premiership, the minor Premiership top four spot and uh, eight spots still up for grabs. Um, some very uh, interesting clashes looming ahead this weekend. We will be back this time next week to uh, have a look into the semifinals. Yeah.